Welcome to PEV Lane, the show all about PEVs. My name is Hanson. My name is Brett, also known as E-Rider A. And today we uh, we have a somewhat controversial topic, but I think a topic that a lot of E-Riders are somewhat excited about, and that is legality. Yeah, I think this is something that you're going to either have to deal with or not. At some point. At some point, regardless of where you are and what PEV you ride. Yeah, because like we already have some that are legalized, which we'll talk about. And some that have not been legalized and some that are not even on the radar, right? So, uh, yeah, let's just delve into it. We're going to talk about some electric bikes because I know in Canada those have been legalized. Uh, We're going to get into the topic of electric scooters and where they're at and what type of legalities have been put in place or been accepted here in Canada. Um, And then we're going to get into some EUCs, not only in Canada, but around the world where they've been recognized, because I know a lot of our listeners are EUC riders, but a lot of our our listeners too are e-scooter riders and want to know about those laws. And you look in the groups online and they're always asking about what is the legality. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And then maybe we can also even uh, figure out where we stand, you know? Yeah. No, that's that's a big point too, because we have an opinion about it. That's for sure. Because we've been riding for... How many years now? How many years have you been riding? Oh, five plus years now. So Yeah, and I've been around probably four or five or so with e-skate and whatnot as well. So yeah, um, it was kind of exciting looking through the research on this too because there is a legal side here in Canada um, and that is electric bikes. Do you want to start off with electric bikes? You want to get right into that right away or? Yeah, yeah, we can we can talk about this a bit. So for those um, who aren't in Ontario, mm-hmm. Canada... Um, this may not apply to you, but specifically to us here in Ontario, uh, these rules have been adopted across, I guess, many other places as well. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty standard uh, speed limit and everything that Ontario has decided to take into account. So e-bikes are fully legal so long as they have pedals. Yeah, there's right? a big list. There's a big list, yeah. So, so long as they have pedals, so long as the weight does not exceed... I think it's 120 kilograms. Yeah, do you want to? Yeah. I'll just read through this list if you want. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, like you said, Ontario's kind of, I don't know if they've set what the standardized thing is, but what we have here in Ontario and Canada is a, what a lot of the other provinces have as well. So, that list is uh, they have to be at least 16 years of 16 years old with all passengers wearing provided helmets, or sorry, approved helmets. Uh, you have to obtain a moped licensing, insurance, and registration requirements it, if it exceeds 120 kilograms yeah, in so weight. Yeah, so if it's like a moped or a motorcycle, yeah, then so you, you don't need a license. Yeah, so you don't need any of that if it's under that. Uh, it has to have working pedals, steering handlebars, a power output that is less than 500 watts, a maximum speed of no more than 32 kilometers an hour. It has to have what we talked about on our last episode, I think, with Wheelie Doper, or I believe it was with him. Uh a label designed by the manufacturer stating that your electric bike conforms to the federal definitions for a motorized bicycle. And of course, you must obey the cycle laws. Yeah, and don't go on the highway. And no highways. <laughs> That's crazy. Just don't go on the highway. You know, no need for it. You can it. only go 32, so good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> and on the opposite side of electric bikes, you have electric motorcycles. You take the pedals off, they go faster. Then you can go on the highways. That's a whole other thing. But yeah. electric bikes... That's the massive list that we're dealing with. And a lot of the provinces here in Ontario deal with that list as well. And then they have a few differences. Yes. And so this is only for e-bikes so far. Yeah. Um, 
I think there's a lot from here that will likely be adopted uh, within the other PEVs, which we can talk about. But let's first, I guess, kind of just set the stage with, you know, what's what's legal with each PEV, what's not. Yeah. So, um, so electric bikes, there's like, if you look at the speed, 32 kilometers an hour, 500 watts, like you know more about specs than I do when we look at a spec sheet. What does that tell you? <laughs> You would think that it's not that much when, especially coming from like the EUC world and where they have these like 3,000, 4,000 watt motors. Whatever, right. When you're right? talking about watts and yeah. those types of specs, it, it acts um, differently on a bike. You're, you're right. Yes. And that's because you have gearing ratios, right? So mm-hmm. you can you can put that 500 watts into a gear, which kind of converts the power into more power or less power, depending on what's needed. Um, so you don't need as much electrical power. Yeah. So, and you're not having to balance the wheel, right? It's just kind of forward momentum. Yeah, but um, 32 kilometers an hour? Yeah, so the 32 <laughs> limit is obviously not the fastest, but no. um, I mean, they've set that for years and I, I don't see that changing anytime soon because of the way that licensing works for motorcycles and so forth, right? Like we said, once you go above those speeds, you need a license. And if it's heavier than X amount, 120 kg, you need a license, so... The the third in the U.S. actually though they do have um, e-bikes that can go up to forty-five kilometers an hour. Uh, like legally, they have legally limits. they oh, have. Okay, cool. There's they use like a class system, uh, so we have it here as well, but it's not referenced in the legality of bikes because Ontario chose just to go by max speed, max power. Yeah. Um, but they this would be considered class two bikes. Uh, our limits in the states they have class three bikes which can go up to forty-five kilometers an hour. Okay. Um, and that's sort of a gray area here. They're kind of legal. You can get like a Stromer, uh, which is a e-bike uh, made in Europe, and they have motors still 500 watts, but the controller allows them to pedal up to, you can get assist up to 45 kilometers an hour. Yeah, and we've seen Stromers around too. Exactly. It's just pure assist, so it's not like a throttle or anything, which is, I think, how they get it to be legal in a sense. There you go. Uh, but if you think about it, 32, it to us, it seems slow. But if you're thinking within a sense of we live in downtown Toronto and other people live in other downtown cores, that kind of makes sense. If you're down some of the residential streets, a lot of the speed limits are 30. Yeah. So to be able to go 32, it's like, okay. And then if you're on like a street that's 40 kilometers an hour and you're still limited to 32, you're not getting in many people's way, but you're still kind of motoring along. Yeah. And you're faster than most cyclists. Yeah. Yeah. Since most... Like acoustic bikes are going 20, 25 maybe. Yeah. If Unless you're, you're a like, real. Yeah. If you're not working out. Yeah. Real <laughs> workout spandex people. Tour de France rider. Yeah. That's what we call them. On the Martin Goodman trail here in Toronto. There's a few of them. Quite a few of them. I got nothing wrong with them, but. No. They're, they're fast. <laughs> no. All right. So that's for Ontario. We have a lot of other places in, um, in Canada that have laws that are very similar. Let's just try to get the mouse over here because we're looking at our screen. It has a a lot of these more factual parts of what we're going to say today. That's better that we don't make them up. (laughs) So in Quebec and Labrador, there's a, I was looking through these laws and there was a couple cool things that I was finding. Uh, Motors between the age of 14 and 17 require a class 6D license that bears authorization to the, uh, to operate a scooter, e-bike or moped. So this goes into e-scooters as well in Quebec and Labrador and the minimum age is 14. So they have to have a specific type of license in Quebec and Labrador already. Yeah. And it looks like in Montreal, it's 18 specifically. Yeah. 
Which means you would then have to register it, no? If you have to get a license, or is it just no, a license? Just to operate. It's yeah. kind of like uh, in Ontario, we have like a pleasure craft license, which is for boating. Yeah. So you can operate a boat, anyone's boat. You don't need to register it as long as you've got your boating license, which is kind of like a, a license that you have to pay to get, which shows that you understand the basics of yeah. the laws of whatever rules are in place in your specific jurisdiction. Yeah. Well, I guess at the same time, too, it still has that stipulation that you have to have that that stamp from the manufacturer yes. on. the. Yeah. So there is a way to get a serial number off the unit that you're actually riding. So technically, it could be registratable. Yes. Um, I just don't yeah. think they enforce that. But yeah. you can you can if you choose to, I believe, especially with like the police or something, if you want or insurance, if you you like say you insure your e-bike or you don't want it to. If if it, if it gets stolen, then the police can help you out finding it and such. Yeah, and that's kind of crucial too. To, to yeah. These are not cheap, so yeah, if you end yeah. up getting one stolen, that is just no fun at all. Yeah, um, it's a bigger issue in the big cities too, right? So yeah, we heard about it in our Toronto e riders Telegram chat in the, in the summertime. People just go out and grab stuff. It's it's a shame, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the West Coast, British Columbia, to use your e-bike on the highway, neither a driver's license, insurance, or vehicle registration is required. So you can ride on the highway. I've heard they're yeah, I've heard they're a bit more lax there. And if you've been there, they don't have highways like we have here. They don't have a four hundred one that's seven lanes wide. They have it's like more like two lanes. It's more like two exactly. Okay, so it's. They can make a general law like that because mm-hmm. there isn't things like, you know. They've got like smaller high- highways with like the shoulder bank that you wouldn't sometimes, if you're from here and you go there, you might not even think you're on the highway. You're just. I guess, yeah. yeah. No, if you go into even northern parts of Ontario, technically yeah, they're like sure. highways and you get that feeling. I'm like, oh, I can relate to that. Okay. Yeah. I love that feeling, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I love going up north. We should do some trips up north this summer. That'd be awesome. Definitely. Hit up uh, Algonquin. <laughs> yeah. And talking about legality if you can't be on the road and you can't be legal these are the places you go Mm -hmm. you know you go up to the you know off-roading way up and who knows where it's a lot of fun Um, but more on the legal side of things uh, in the middle of the the country we have manitoba and i have written here um because i think there was something that was a little bit confusing um it says if the engine of your electric bike is less than 50 cc's Excuse me? Does that... <laughs> this is the law in Manitoba. I looked up the law in Manitoba, and this is what I found more than once. I'm not sure... Engine CCs of your electric bike... can relate to electric vehicles. Can you give us a quick rundown on what are CCs in comparison to, like, what electric power would be? I mean, my understanding is CCs is a, a, a measurement of the displacement of the engine. Yeah, in, so in, when I was in a kid, internal combustion when engines. When I was a kid, I'd have like a 50cc or an 80cc and I was like 10 years old and you'd fit on that and then you'd eventually work up to like 125 yeah. or like a 200 when so you got bigger. CC is cubic centimeters. <laughs> You're displacing, say, 50 cubic centimeters of gasoline. So it's in, in reference engine. to an engine. Yes. Yeah, so that uh, Manitoba, I think you messed up. <laughs> I really did. Um, yeah, yeah, that must have right. that must have just been meaning like motorized. Yeah bikes that and are under 50. 50 kilometers an hour yeah so i don't I, either my information's wrong or manitoba's wrong they're saying that you have to have a motorcycle okay so if it's over 50 kilometers an hour then they require you to have a motorcycle license or some sort of permit driver's license 16. and you must be 16 of course which is the age required to get a license yeah so 
So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to skip over Manitoba because I have so many. <laughs> I, uh, maybe I should be doing more research. Um, yeah. So in New Brunswick, there was a couple other things that they were talking about. And then I started going into other like cities as well. I, and they're all kind of they're they're all kind of stemming from that first guideline or that first list of le- legal kind of ramifications that you have to follow Uh, and then there's just a few tweaks Um, so in new brunswick the wheel rims of the bicycle must must be larger than 22 centimeters with the seat less at least sorry 68 centimeters away from the ground so they're then in manitoba telling you how the bike has to be configured the geometry of it even Mm -hmm. yeah so we haven't seen that in other provinces so that's one thing unique to them as this this is specific because it uh, it allows scooters to be voided from this yeah because scooters have small rims small tires and they're definitely not far off the ground exactly (laughs) a lot less than 68 even if you install a seat on one yeah your tires are not big enough so you still don't qualify as an e-bike there you go because there's always loopholes right so someone's trying to find a loophole somewhere there you go so maybe they're just like this is a basic definition of a bicycle exactly don't mess with it Uh, one thing I found in Prince Edward Island that was kind of cool is that e-bikes are just simply limited speed motorcycles under the Highway uh, Traffic Act. So they're so does that mean they require a license there for all of them? Uh, considered because a moped I, under the regulations of the Highway Trace or Highway Traffic Act. Well, so if, I think in then Ontario, they would have to get, you would have to have a license yeah. if it's a moped. So yeah. probably the same out there. Yeah. So Prince Edward Island is on e-bikes entirely with registration wow. by the looks of it. That's a bit extreme. Especially if like it can only go thirty kilometers an hour, but the island is so small that they could probably regulate it. They could probably do it. True, and maybe they have cheaper registration than we do here because people would probably not be happy to pay the yearly registration for an e-bike. That in Ontario, that, yeah, in Ontario, yeah. that doesn't cost like you only pay a couple grand for your e-bike, then you got to pay the registration every year, <laughs> and maybe insurance if that's yeah. required as well. Yeah, I just got a winter beater car for the winter, and it's like I'm feeling that. I'm totally feeling that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one thing about Prince Edward Island. It's kind of cool. It's a small island. If you don't know Prince Edward Island, Canada, it's a small island. That's a province of its own. So uh, yeah, that's kind of cool about them there. Um, let's move on to Calgary. Something I found found out in Calgary, you could face a handful of fines if you fail to follow the tra- traffic rules for all vehicles according to city bylaws you can be fined a hundred dollars for failing to yield before entering a roadway sidewalk or pathway so they literally have set fines in calgary for if you're on your bike and you've you know done something wrong or gone the wrong way or you know the sidewalk. same the same applies in ontario uh for e-bikes but enforcement of it is almost non-existent oh they have set limits like that too like a hundred in a way yeah like as an e-bike rider on the road you're not allowed to ride on sidewalks, so you can be fine for that. Yeah. Um, if you're riding on the road, you have to obey all the same traffic laws that a car does. So, like, if you run a stop sign, well, they can fine you for running that stop sign the same as a car, and it'll go on your license, on your record. Yeah, I guess you're kind of, you have to act like a car. You here. have to act like yeah. other vehicles. It doesn't matter if you're on a bike or if you're in a car. Yeah. One thing I think that's cool about this is that they're saying you can go into a roadway sidewalk or pathway they're allowing you to go into these areas you just have to kind of stop first but you have to make sure you yield like there's so they're not i basically what i'm catching here in calgary is that 
you can go a lot more places that we can't go with an electric bike here. Yeah, it's just banned here. Yeah, it's just like you yeah. can't like you see them on signs all the time on the trails. Yeah, no electric no, uh, bikes, no motorized no, vehicles. Yeah, but it looks like in Calgary they have. Well, if you don't know Calgary too, it's really spanned out. Like it's a big city, but it's like three times or I don't even know. It's it's it has so much more land than than many other cities because mm-hmm. they just have the space for it. So maybe they have the infrastructure and the pathways and stuff. That's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, one thing we haven't really talked about is uh, the Northwest Territories and uh, Nunavut. And I find it hard to believe anyone rides PEVs up there, but <laughs> but it does happen. Maybe they have some laws ab- around it. Um, the cool thing, if you didn't know, though, is that the territories in Canada are <laughs> under federal jurisdiction. So they don't like all these provinces have made these laws. Yeah. It's, it's purely and I'm pretty sure. It, we're going to move on to e-scooters next, system. but they have recommendations. I don't know if there probably is federal guidelines for e-bikes for the territory specifically for that reason. Yeah. Um, maybe I should have looked those up, but I was looking more into specific places to kind of get more details out of it. For sure. So, I mean, I think going over all this, I'm you, you guys listening, you probably notice a trend here is that across all of Canada, e-bikes are legal in some sense yeah in every province with varying degrees of regulation uh enforcement uh and requirements around what's considered an e-bike uh which is what really i'm finding most interesting not like you know the small laws here and there but just like the trend of e-bikes are legal mm-hmm. what defines an e-bike is pretty much kind of set by those provinces and uh where you can operate those vehicles is also kind of defined. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is that this only applies to e-bikes. So we have all these other PEVs, right? Like we have scooters next. Um, maybe we don't go into each province for the scooters, but we yeah, can we talk about to. like the broad. Yeah. We don't have to. Yeah. We can talk about like the broad um, legalities of these different PEVs across yeah. not just Canada, but maybe even globally as well. I think we have some information from different countries as well later yeah, on. Yeah, we do. The, okay. I think the main difference in all of this is that the regulations and laws that have come out for e-bikes have happened years ago. Yes. And not not several years ago, kind of recently, but years ago. So they kind of been set in place. But since then, you know, we've seen EUCs on the road. We've seen e-scooters and e-skates and all these other things, right? So they're going to catch up eventually, but they jumped on this one before because e-bikes have been around for, I mean, who thought about putting an electric motor on a bike? Yeah, that had people, to have happened a long time ago, right? People strapped like what, like lawnmower, yeah, motors to their bikes. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> made them motorized. The government had to jump on that, and that's I think a good point too. And I, we mentioned this I, I, again. I think it was the Wheelie Dope episode on that same topic that we were talking about. I said the government will jump on it when they have to. When enough people in the community are saying, "Okay, this is a problem. We gotta we gotta regulate this somehow," then the government will jump on it. E-bikes, they've done that. Yeah, e-bikes are everywhere, right? Yeah, and we'll get to, you know, we'll get to EUCs and and to e-skates and all the other niche things and the things that we ride too, but there's just not much on it yet. But there was something more recently done in Canada for e-scooters. You want to jump onto that? Yeah, sure. And I think this also applies not just to Canada, but to other countries as well, because e-scooters uh Kick e-scooters like Lime Bird, the rental companies, privately owned. These exist all over the place, right? So, mm-hmm. and there's a lot more infrastructure yeah. for e-scooter legality around the world 
than there was five, any, ten years ago. Yeah, if anything, Canada's a bit behind here, yeah. I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, having been to Belgium and places in Europe where you can rent lime or bird scooters and just kind of grab and go. Yeah, um, and it's it's nice, but it's also a nuisance at times, too, if they start lying around, you know, the typical things you hear about rental scooters. But yeah. they are convenient at that. But Canada has done something about it. Um, I don't believe... It will, I don't remember what year it was. I think it was probably about maybe five years ago. It started off with the federal government in Canada saying, okay, here are some outlines of what a pilot project could be for e-scooters. And we're giving it to each, um, I believe it was local municipal government to to figure it out for each of their cities. Um, And that may have been even for um, provinces as well. But what we ended up seeing was cities. Um, it started off with the pilot projects. There was one here in Toronto. There's one in Mississauga, Ottawa, Windsor, all in Ontario that started adopting this. Uh, and then again, there's a whole list of um, yeah of things that go along with that pilot project that the federal government, the Canadian federal government, laid out. Um, do you want to talk about the list? Yeah, we don't have to touch on everything, but yeah, just to, at a high level, the provincial government of Ontario made it so that. Um, you could opt in essentially they basically made it so that all e-scooters that fell under this uh, these requirements or these guidelines were legal Mm -hmm. Uh, similar to e-bikes right so it had to have a top speed but in this case it's 24 25 kilometers an hour i think they had to be maximum 45 kilograms same thing with e-bikes under 500 watts and so forth and like um, the age, the helmet, yeah. no passengers. What you'd expect, like, right? Exactly. So yeah. it's like a personal ride, riding device. Um, and you couldn't ride them on the sidewalks. You had to ride them in the road just like a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And that was a requirement. Requirement, yeah. <laughs> For those e-scooter riders listening who ride on the sidewalks <laughs> all the time, that was a requirement. Yeah. Okay. And like things like no extra attachments, like a basket or something like that. Like you yeah. can have some sort of maybe upgrade that doesn't exceed the power output or something like mm-hmm. that. But um, yeah, so there's... Yeah, so this is still in place today. So e-scooters technically are legal throughout many places in Canada. But more um, where they've chosen. Yeah, so the way that it worked is it's like an opt-in program where, like you said, the federal and provincial governments put these guidelines in place. And the municipal governments, so the city level, they are responsible for opting in or out. So if they yeah. decide to opt in, then all these rules apply and scooters are now legal in that city, such as Mississauga, who's opted in yeah. close to uh, Toronto here. Um, and Toronto opted out last year. Well, they had one small little project in the distillery district, but the city yes. itself didn't implement it in any like main areas of the city yes because the 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 pilot that you're referring to was on private property (laughs) right that's how they were able to do that yeah Yeah. so in order for them to go to public property then the city councillors were required to opt into this program i see so there was one in toronto but it was private yes Uh uh-huh under the federal or the i guess the ontario recommendation from the federal exactly Wow, this is kind of getting a little complex. Yeah, <laughs> there's levels to it. <laughs> yeah, and I know here in on here in Toronto and Ontario, when they were fighting it in city council last summer, I put together and me and other like it wasn't just me; it was a community effort put together almost like a rally, but it was like a group ride with signs just saying "Legalize us." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you want to tackle us, then then go for it, but don't don't you know? I don't want to say the word, 
pee foot around mm-hmm. uh, the, the issue. It's like, if you're going to tackle it, tackle it. And if these people are pressuring you to do it, then put pressure on those people as to why they're asking you to do it. Because the big, the big pushback we had here in Toronto were disability groups saying they're dangerous. And their facts weren't really and, and good. Exactly. And they were mostly referring to the rentals. Yeah. That was their biggest thing. And it's fair because the way that it's set up here is if the city did opt in, then legally all those rental companies are now permitted to operate here. Um, mm-hmm. Unless the city um, changes uh, or puts in, you know, kind of a, a one-liner that um, bans, I guess, rental companies. Yeah, um, which prevents them from operating, but they chose not to do that. They didn't want to amend any of the laws. They just said like, "We're going to either opt in or opt out." They at the end they decided to opt out, like you said, partially because of many supporters from the accessible community saying that it would be dangerous to them and blocking sidewalks. Mm-hmm. And they're not wrong. We have narrow sidewalks here. Yeah, and having e-scooters everywhere if they're not privately owned could be a problem. Um, but you know, instead of the city trying to amend the rules and come up with something that could meet everyone's needs, they chose the easy route, which was to let's just ban this for now. And yeah, maybe we'll reconvene in a year or two when, when inevitably they have to, right? Because for everyone listening, scooters went nowhere Yeah, after they were banned last year. In fact, there's probably 10 times more of them on the roads because of the awareness. Oh, scooters. And they're like, oh, they're not legal. Oh, okay, I'll still go in, whatever. Yeah. And they're not illegal to be sold or anything like that. So, because they can be technically recreational vehicles. Exactly. You can use off road or whatever, right? Yeah. But you still see those those rental companies out here in Toronto still renting out things. They don't For care. For sure. Yeah. They don't care at all. But there's no enforcement currently. So, yeah. Yeah, and that was one thing that was brought up here in Toronto too. At the end, it was like, it, "Will this be enforced?" And all of us riders were like, "No, okay, no. Why'd you have to ask that? Like, we were done the meeting. Why? No. Why'd you have to bring that up?" But um, I think the great thing that came from that, at least here in Toronto, we keep talking about that, is that finally the council saw that there are private owners, and the private owners made themselves heard. And I don't think the private owners have let themselves be heard here in Ontario. Um, and all of this was started because of the rental companies wanting to come in here and the rental companies lobbied and pushed for them to talk about this. Yeah. It all comes down to business in the end and legislation is not a fast thing. So that's why when we came up as private owners and we were like, Hey, you know, we want this. It's like, go ahead, legalize us. Like, what do you want the, the stipulations to be? They were like, Oh, Oh, we weren't ready for this conversation. We had these big rental companies at us and we were dealing with rentals and a pilot for rentals. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about other stuff. And you know, I got a little flack for that and some riders didn't like me for doing that. But somebody's got to head out there and be, you know, be a voice and don't just sit back and be complacent or else they're going to do what they're going to want to do without the input of ours, you know, our experience riding in the city. Exactly. And I think this is probably happening all over the place around the world. Many cities have banned e- EUCs, e-scooters and like only allowed e-bikes or banned all them entirely there's there's varying levels of restrictions and regulations in place mm-hmm. partially because it's so new and like you said there's these groups that are just unaware that there is a use for them and in the private ownership and the benefits that micro mobility brings and i think here in toronto there's now groups of enthusiasts and micro mobility communities who are kind of banding together to yeah. try and bring awareness to you know the benefits and hopefully that will lead to 
positive regulation and not just flat out bans, right? Yeah, because it's like not to be biased, like we're part of Toronto e riders, but there's also Toronto micro mobility that's around as well. Yes. Like there's a few other groups around that are just, you know, Toronto e scooters just doing their thing. There's Toronto e skate doing their thing as well. Smaller group now, because uh, mm-hmm. we talked about how niche that culture is, but you know, they're all kind of advocating for different things. So we did see that um, moving on, but still tying into e-scooters. We saw that done in um, in New York City. So, yeah, New York City. Uh, what's going on there? Yeah. So in New York City, they have they have kind of done what Canada has done in a way, but I've actually legalized e-scooters and have the regulations. So it's not a pilot project. It's actually legalized. But in the same time that they've done that and they've legalized e-scooters, they have mentioned and acknowledged all of EUC's e-skates and one wheels on that same package. And they've what banned them? Uh, yeah. So, um, they, they sent out like this, not that they sent, they didn't send out, but they released this picture, this diagram, this chart that has all the things on there. Maybe we could pop it up on the screen in between us or something like that. And it's got... Um, I can know what you're referring to. Yeah, it's got the EUCs on the right side and the one wheels all saying they're banned. But then it has e-bikes, I believe it is, and e-scooters on the chart as well, showing uh, exactly what the stipulations are for all of those. So, yeah, New York City has acknowledged EUCs. Do you think the New York City gang has anything to do? Well, not gang. New York City riders have anything to do with that? I do. Uh, maybe. I mean, from what I've seen, they've been a growing community even still in terms of the EUCs. Uh, they have more and more riders out there. So just to me, it looks like similar to Toronto where when e-scooters were banned, you still saw like thousands more of them on the roads that summer. Yeah. Um, you know, pandemics happening, people wanting forms of micromobility, avoiding transit. It's faster than transit. So it seems like in New York City, the same thing's happening. No one's slowing down. They're speeding up. Yeah. The wheels are getting faster. And like I mentioned this because like it's it's what I said before. Now there's enough of them in Manhattan. If you don't know, Manhattan isn't very large in landmass. So when you stuff, like, there's a lot of New York City EUC riders. You stuff all of them in that tiny little island there, they're going to get noticed. So like I said before, maybe enough people are saying it now. They're like, hey, there's these things going around. There's one wheel. They just stand in between it. Do something about it. So now... So what are your thoughts on it being banned? Are you... I see that list of who's banned as... This is who we're going to see next. This is next in line. We're going to regulate you. And, and right now it's just saying banned. But I feel like they'll be like, okay, one wheels aren't allowed on the road. They're only allowed in like recreational parks within the cities because they're not fast enough. Something like that. You know what I mean? Or maybe they'll say that they are allowed on the road, but they have to be like very restricted like bicycles would be. Or in the same sense, they'll have EUCs on that list. And I hope they'll be like, oh, you could ride with the cars. And you could also ride at a lower speed on the bike lane if, you know, that's your only choice. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I think the same in terms of like, I mean, this I is hope. next. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh, maybe I mean, I do maybe inevitably happen, when we get to the point where UCs are are past that point of, oh, what is that thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hundred percent, because that's that's a phase right now. We're in a phase, right? It's still early. We're all early so adopters. 
we we look at the insane innovation of the past five years and we're all blown away by like how quickly they've gone faster and longer range and just better built yeah. but at the same time they're still very much early adopters um, yeah people are still like what is that what are you what are you standing on right there <laughs> yeah and a lot of the time like if you were to ask that five ten years ago or ten years ago five seven eight years ago you'd look at the wheel and you'd be like yeah you know this would get me to tim hortons and back but now like if you ask someone that 2021 2022 they're like yeah this thing can get people me, are blown away by the range you know i can get from toronto to niagara falls and back mm-hmm. in a day without an issue and they're like whoa what yeah so now let's talk about laws yeah maybe it's a little more relevant <laughs> you know yeah and that's it's interesting because so they're banned they're banned here as well mm-hmm. right well unacknowledged but otherwise gray area which we haven't talked about that yet but that's what that is true so new york city they're straight up banned they've yeah, called they've them been out. acknowledged they've been acknowledged in toronto they've just kind of ignored all the other PEVs except for e-scooters and e-bikes. Mm-hmm. So technically they're all illegal because they're not regulated in any sense. But they're it's gray area in the sense that nobody's gonna fine you specifically and say, hey, this device is not allowed on the roads. Yeah, and that's a main feature um, of a gray area is that the cops are not really gonna stop you. If they are gonna stop you, they're gonna be interested in what you're riding and be like, hey, that's kind of cool. What's that? Can I buy it for my kid to ride in my backyard? Yeah. And they'd more so they'd stop you for a traffic infraction over what you're riding. Yeah. Um yeah, true. because they just they'll just treat you like you're on a bicycle or something. So if you like blow through red lights and stuff and they decide to stop you, they're not going to stop you because you're on a EUC. They're going to stop you because you're disregarding all traffic laws. Yeah, I've heard so. I've heard stories on both sides, but I've definitely heard of someone not too recently, but a little while ago got stopped for speeding and legitimately was tried to be given a ticket. I don't know how it ended yeah. up, if they actually got it or not. But then we also heard other stories um, that even Andy put in the group about him being stopped out on the, the west coast of Ontario on the, mm-hmm. on the lake over there. He was stopped by the provincial police over there. Um, so it does happen. But in the end, they're not taking your device away they're not bringing you to jail yeah nothing crazy like that right so i know like there's many community there's many riders in the community here who who are happy in a sense that it's gray area that it's not legalized um because they feel they feel that like hey i can do whatever i want um Mm -hmm. let me let me get more speed more power more range break you know laws don't apply to me because i'm on a device that isn't regulated 50% 50% of me is that. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, there's a joy in that, right? Like, it's like, oh, I'm being a rebel. You know, <laughs> it's just, it just itches your, like, you yeah. know, your nerve to just get out there and do something silly. And it's it's not really like you're breaking the law. Like, I'm not going out there and, like, assaulting people. Yes. I'm just riding. But it's like the equivalent of somebody ripping around downtown on a dirt bike without a license plate on it. Only that thing's loud and noticeable. Exactly. And we're just that is quiet. the same kind of thing, right? Like people have like surrounds, which are quiet now. But yeah, if you're ripping around on a dirt bike in the city mm-hmm. without any turn signals or plates or anything, you're gonna yeah. you're getting stopped, and you're getting a ticket that's going on your driving record permanently. Yeah, and I think some of that too has to do with like, hey, there's laws for you. Like we talked about Manitoba and the CC thing. Like yes. you just regulate or you bring anything <laughs> into the real world of of you know, gasoline engines, there's a law for it. There's a regulation for it. So yeah, easy, easy ticket. That's yeah. for sure. But I think it's definitely coming. Right. And I think personally for me, I think uh, it's great that it's like this gray area right now because 
you know, there's less stress when you're riding and you can kind of, you're your own lawmaker. And yeah, it's like someone comes over and like, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. You're Just your own away. judge. So <laughs> as long as you have a good sense of what is safe, what is appropriate for the situation, mm. yeah. the road you're on, then, you know, by all means, enjoy. But I think also that the sooner that we advocate for regulation and legalizing these PVs and recognizing them, even if you're just recognizing them, like you said, with New York City, I think the better. Because maybe what you said is true, where uh, New York City, that's what's next, right? As EUCs become more and more popular there, they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and figure out, okay, well, we banned these, but maybe we should legalize them. And like what? They're going to be forced to because exactly. they can't give enough tickets out to get them to stop. Yeah. And so that's what I'm thinking is, but if you get ahead of it, maybe there's a benefit to giving us better devices in a sense, you know, making, making them more safe. I'm, I know Canada has a lot of, you know, all of North America has a lot of regulations around batteries and safety certifications. Yeah. That's a good topic. Cause I know even talking to Jack at King song, when they were talking about their scooters, sending them to specific countries, like, I don't even know if it was Europe Norway has or their Denmark, own, probably Europe. They somewhere. specifically had to alter the software to make sure it doesn't go faster than that. Exactly. And they could go into the system afterwards if someone had a, a scooter or something and, and release it to the higher, yes. uh, higher speeds. But he was talking about because of the laws there, we legally can't send them there without that software in place. To, exactly. To limit it. Yeah. They can't be sold or imported there. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because no. it just depends on what your country decides as what's safe or whatnot. So if I feel like if us as riders, we don't get involved and we don't kind of push for some sort of legalizing, then you're going to have people who are running the government who have never ridden an EUC before. Look at say, a list of other devices. Yeah. Go, That's how fast they They're going to look at e-bikes mm-hmm. and they're going to say, all right, let's group it in there, guys. They're not going to understand the the nature of an EUC and how much more flexible it is um, where you can ride like at two kilometers an hour on a sidewalk. And it's possible. Around people. And it's possible. Yeah. You can barely do that on a bicycle because you have like this long thing. You have a longer frame. Yeah. yeah, the frame, right? So on an EUC, you're just standing and you can easily like get around and then you can go and share the road with cars yeah going 50 kilometers an hour and that's why i think it was great that in toronto the personal you know the private owners made their voice heard and was like hey you know listen to us if you're gonna make anything listen to us please and we'll help you like mm-hmm. we're not gonna work against you we're not gonna hate you yeah. we'll work with you so we don't get screwed and you're happy that you don't have to enforce it as much because we're happy with it and we'll abide by it yeah for sure something wrong with that is there anything wrong with that if you're gonna have this conversation please don't have it without us well we want to prolong it because we like the gray area exactly and we, can, we can be nice people and all that but if you're gonna have this conversation today please do not ignore us yeah that's, that's my point right? no i agree i think that's important because i mean they we just have the information that they don't right yeah so. and you know Canada is not the only country that has gone ahead and, and legalized things like we're talking in Europe. And we do have a list here. I believe I found this on EUC, EUC forums, EUC forum, EUC.org yeah. or whatever forum. Um, and it's a list in alphabetical of where it's legal and illegal. And it was kind of cool to see that they were they were legal in a lot of places. Like we, I think we were talking on the phone when we were looking at this. And it was surprising how many places have somewhat legalized it. Yeah, it's more than I thought, um, but it's still not that many. 
which yeah but EUCs are also still not like I said it's still early phase so yeah and what we saw in the notes for a lot of them too is that these companies like they've tried to do in Toronto it's like Lime Scooters in Australia Queensland thanks to Lime Scooters there's now new legislation you know so it's happening and it's it's okay that they're doing that but at the same time like I just mentioned it, it's good for the private owners to be like this is the way they're written yeah you know, this is the way it feels so yeah, I think that pretty well sums up a lot of what we could talk about, about legalization around the whole world and different PEVs. Um, what we kind of didn't touch on so much was one wheels, but they're a lot of an off-road vehicle anyhow, and they kind of have their own category. I don't see legalization for them being too much of an issue, at least right now. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of, that's exciting, I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, if you're out there riding any sort of PEV that's not legal, enjoy it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, but also think about what we've talked about and uh, maybe share the, the benefits of such devices with people around you. And uh, let's advocate for, you know, safe regulation. Yeah. Start that conversation in the comment section down below for sure, because, you know, this is our opinion, but we have a biased opinion because of where we live and what we ride and all of that, too. So, um, yeah, let us know also if you just don't want them legalized. Um, 100%. Tell us. Let us know in the comments. 100%. Tell us why. Call us out. I'm down for it. Like, this is a conversation, 100%. Um, so, yeah, do you want to move on to some notable shout-outs, some Instagram shout-outs? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Okay. Uh, I like this section, and today I want to shout-out somebody, or I guess, yes, yeah, somebody, but they're more of a, a group, or I don't even know how to explain it. It is... Float School. Float School is something that was made here in the GTA area, and it's based around One Wheels. And speaking about legality, they provide lessons and give rentals and just make better riders, uh, which is really cool. So I think if things are going to be legalized, um, this is a really good shout-out for this episode. Um, really cool guys. Me, yeah, they're great. Um, I'm kind of jealous that like one One Wheels got the float adjective yeah because i mean eucs they feel like you're floating as well but w w i digress you know one wheels yeah. are great yeah no great branding here as well yeah i mean you rode a one wheel for a long time too but it, you go over to their website too so they have you know their repair services and all the different all the different services they have as well so it's not just their instagram but if you get a chance to go out and ride with one wheels in Toronto, there's a group of one wheels there's a very good chance that that somebody from float school is going to be there uh, which is really cool. So I highly recommend you go follow them on their Instagram. And if you're in the Toronto area and you're interested about One Wheels, go check them out. Get some lessons, get a rental from them. Uh, they're just really cool people that are definitely worth supporting, in my opinion. Awesome. One yeah. Wheels are great. Great fun. Yeah. Easy to ride, too. Yeah. Well, Despite, well, yeah. easier to ride. <laughs> Once you get the hang of it. Yeah. I don't think I've had one. Like, I need to rent one for a little while to really get my my one wheel legs going but if I'm you a have a bit of a if you have some boarding experience easy to pick it up yeah let's say that people keep saying that i'm yeah. still chicken legs every time i get on <laughs> one for now until i like really get those muscles going yeah. same thing with the uz when i first learned how to uh how to ride it cool uh, it took me a little while so shout out to float school yeah really cool people and like i said i've ridden with them in toronto and um uh, it's really it's just a good time awesome yeah, so uh, the guy that I want to shout out here, um, he has an awesome YouTube channel. I know we're going to shout out the Instagram page, but check out his YouTube page because the videos he makes are 
Let's Fire. go right over to that then. Let's check yeah. out his. Uh, Let's this do is going to be a notable YouTube instead. Let's, Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited. So, I mean, for that. he's got 100,000 subs Whoa. now. <laughs> Hold on. Let's mute that. DMCA. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, it's the video at the top. I know, but my just, scroll. Just pause it. Yeah. I'll do that. Okay. It's my scroll, you yeah. know. Scroll life. Anyway, going back. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> this guy has got a great YouTube channel. Um, it goes by Suronster. Suronster? Yeah. He rides a Suron. If that's um, insane. <laughs> and so he has this cool name, Suronster. Uh, what kind of videos does he make? All riding the, the Suron, the mods he's done. You know, look at that $14,000 Fuzzy dirt bike. tube tries. Very good. <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah. Yep. And he spells it Suron, S-U-R. R-O-N like that, not all together in one. Yes. Uh, is that the way it is? No. Okay. That's just his branding. <laughs> now, the Suron's one word, but this is his like his branding for it. But he makes some cool videos riding ele- d- different electric bikes. He's done some like comparison videos to zero motorcycles with di- with the Suron and doing crazy wheelies and group rides. Um, but yeah, he just makes a good to watch like chill content. Good music yeah, and good editing. I'll have to check this out later today. <laughs> um, yeah, check out his channel, Sir Ronster. Um, on Instagram, he's got the same at, but here's the the YouTube. We'll, we'll shout out the YouTube channel here. Yeah, that's. Yeah, cool. I'll put a link up in the corner as well to the YouTube. Yeah. So speaking on notable Instagram or notable shoutouts, if you have any you know of, or if you are one that want to be shouted out on the show, let us know in the comment section down below, or you know wherever you're listening to, or if you see a post of ours on Facebook or something like that, feel free to comment as well. Hit us up on Instagram at PEV Lane. Yeah, for sure, and and please share our, share our content if you really do enjoy it. Tell your friends about us. One of the hardest parts about starting a show like this is just getting the word out. So uh, if you enjoy our show, uh, share it with your friends. Let them know that we're here and, and contribute to the conversation by all means. We appreciate you. Yeah. So follow us on PV Lane on Instagram and uh, we'll have an episode here next week as per usual. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on PEV Lane. Peace. Peace.